Now, Father, we ask that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. We are indeed grateful for this opportunity to come before you on this day to share from the gospel according to St. John. St. John chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. St. John 14, 13, verses 4 through 6. And it says, He rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? This afternoon I want to use for a subject, exchanging our title for a towel. Exchanging our title for a towel. Role reversal is a unique tool that is used in society today. Role reversal provides a good example and provides an educating mechanism for not only us, but for the other person that we're trying to teach. Um, A good coach not only directs his players, but he also displays to the player how they ought to display a particular play. A track coach will not only uh, give direction, but will also simulate to a runner how they ought to run. And here in John 13, we see a personal display of a direction that was previously given. Uh, Jesus has directed his disciples to be humble and to be submissive. Now what Jesus is doing, he is now displaying that direction. He's now putting into action the attitude that he has taught. And, and, and what we need today in our society, we need today more people who will display that what ministry looks like. Uh, we don't just need to hear a sermon, we also, we also need to see a sermon. What we need today are models and mentors. We need good fathers to model fatherhood. We need good mothers to model motherhood. We need good pastors to model what it is the pastorate ought to look like. We need, we need more mentors and models in our society today. In John chapter 13, Jesus is modeling, Jesus is mentoring his disciples on what it is he has directed them to do. And that is to be submissive and and also able to surrender themselves to the will, way, and the word of God. So here in chapter 13 of John's gospel, we see Jesus exchanging his title for a towel. Uh, rather, rather than lifting up his position, he chooses to lower himself. Rather to grab um, for power, he relinquishes power. 
Uh, rather, rather, than, rather than him being on display, he takes the lower seat. John 13 gives us five criterias. He gives us five uh, criterias on the act of submission. Now, I need to say that submission is not weakness. Uh, submission is strength. Um, if you have two people who are in a tug of war with each other, and we need to understand that um, all of life's battles is really a tug of war. Um, we, are, we are struggling over power and control issues. Uh, uh, we're, we're struggling over who's going to take the chief seat, uh, who's, going to be, who's going to be in the top position, who's going to run the family, who's going to run the money, who's going to run the children, who's going to run the job, we are, who's, who's going to run this, that, and the other. We are really... Um, struggling over power and control issues. But if you're ever in a tug of war, if you just let go and begin to listen to the Holy Spirit, you will discover that the person on the other side who is warring with you and tugging with you, if you just let go, they will fall. See, what we need to do, we need to let go of our ideas. We need to let go of, of our, our way of thinking and just submit to the way of God. If we surrender to the way of God and submit everything by prayer and supplication and let our requests be made known unto God, my Bible says that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Five things in this text that I want to lift out and then we'll have lunch. Uh, uh, the first thing that I see in this text is that, that, that Jesus um, has, has, has an expression at this dinner. There's, there's, there's an expression at this dinner. Um, um, Luke 13, 1 says, now before the feast of the Passover. Uh, Luke 13 does not give us all the particulars that are going on at this particular dinner. Uh, 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 Luke 22 will give us more insight to what John 13 is talking about at this particular dinner. And, and, and Luke 22, it, it lets us know that, that, that Jesus commissioned Peter and John to go out to find a room so that he can have the Passover dinner with his disciples. Jesus chooses the place, Jesus chooses the persons, Jesus chooses the particulars, and Jesus chooses the purpose. The place that he chooses is an upper room. The people that he chooses are his disciples. The particulars are bread and wine, and the purpose is so that we might remember him. Um, 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 Jesus is, is going to institute at this last supper what we know as communion. It's after the third passing of the bread and the wine that Jesus institute what we call communion. He, he uses this last supper to symbolize communion. But Luke also lets us know that, that during this last supper, during this communion service, that there was strife. At the table. That, that the disciples began to argue and debate over who is the greatest. Can you see it? Can you just imagine? They, they are arguing and debating about who is the greatest and who will have seats up in glory. Jesus at this time needs to be ministered to. But while Jesus needs to be ministered to, his disciples are engaged in debate over who's going to be the greatest. Now before we get too hard, before we become too hard on the disciples, we are the same way. 
Jesus has a great need today. But instead of us meeting that need, we are engaged in debate. Uh, 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 there is a need in this world, but the church is too busy arguing. There's a need for us to pray for our young people. There's a need for us to pray for our seniors. There's a need to reach out to those who are lost, lonely, and the least of these. There's a need to rebuild the broken, the battered, and the bruised. But we are arguing over who is the greatest. Who has the greatest building? Who has the greatest budget? Who has the greatest bishop? We are arguing over stuff that, does, that, that just doesn't matter. Arguing about uh, uh, who's going to be the president of the do-nothing club. Who, what robe we're going to wear. What, how much the banquet is going to raise. Is, 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 is Alabama better than Auburn? Is Nick Saban's legacy greater than the bear? When this city is suffering, when this county is suffering, when this country is suffering, suffering with poor housing, suffering with, with substandard school system, suffering with a lack of health care, suffering with crime, violence, and drugs, but the church is arguing over issues that don't even matter. The disciples missed a great opportunity to minister to the Lord. But not only do I see, not only do I see um, Jesus express Jesus um, entering this dinner, but also see Jesus' um, free expression at the dinner. Verse two says, um, "And the supper um, being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things unto his hand, and that he had come from God." And was going to God. Jesus knew some things. For verse, for, verse, for verse 1 says. He loved them. To the end. He loved them. In spite of. What was going on. He loved them freely. They didn't do anything for him. But he loved them. Anyhow. And I come to tell you that. That love. Always gives without expect without without not, without not expecting anything in return. Jesus, who was on his way to Calvary, Jesus, who was on his way to suffer, bleed, and die, Jesus, who was about to be hung high, stretched wide, and dropped low, dropped low, still loved them freely. We need to understand that 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 if we are going to exchange our our title for a tile, that we must love. Freely. Freely must we love. We must, we must love in spite of. And that's what Jesus does. He, he loves them in spite of what they are doing. And the reason why he can love so freely is because he knows some things. Let me just back up for a minute. Um, one of the things that is hard for us to do as people is to love freely. And the reason why we can't love freely is because we have... We have not yet dealt with our past, our pain, and our problems. See, as long as we have our past, our pain, and our problems cropping up, that blocks us from truly loving one another. You know what's stopping us from loving each other? It's our past, our pain, and our perceived 
position. The disciples perceived that they were great. But Jesus knew some things, the Bible says. He knew some things. And, and what keeps us going each and every day is the fact that there's some things that we know. When you know that God is in control, when you know that God has created everything, when you know that God is in control of everything, you can move on in spite of the trouble, in spite of the trials and tribulations, in spite of the pain, the problems, and the pressures, in spite of sickness, sadness, and sorrow, we can go on because we know that all things work together. For the good of them that love God, for those who are called according to His purpose, we know that I've been young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor His seed begging bread. When you know that God is able, when you know that He can do far exceedingly above anything we can ask or think, that keeps us moving. And I'm, and I'm so glad that there's some things that I know. And the reason I know these things is because I have a track record with God. I've been down before, but he picked me up. I've been lost, but he found me. I didn't know how I was going to make a way, but he made a way out of no way. Because I know God did it in the past, I'm confident he can do it in the future. And Jesus knew that God had sent him. Jesus knew that God, that God was with him. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Peter was going to deny him. But he loved them to the end. Not only do we see this free expression at the dinner. But we also see this fruitful exchange. Jesus leaves the head table. While they are arguing to wash the disciples' feet. Because you do know that whenever you try to love somebody, sometimes there's an odor that is there. The odor in the room was that the disciples had some stinking feet. Stinking feet will hinder us from loving to the end. Uh, and, and, and Jesus realized that there is a stench in the upper room. But in spite of the stench, he's willing to leave his position to wash feet. See, I don't know about you, have you ever tried to love somebody in spite of their stench? For those of us who are married, we know that, that we don't smell the stench on the honeymoon. We don't smell the stench when we're walking down the aisle. But sooner or later, after a few years of marriage, that stench begins to rise up. And we have to love our spouse in spite of the stench. Some of us have a stench of anger. Some of us have a stench of abuse. Some of us have a stench of, of addiction. Some of us have a stench of sin. In our lives. But in spite of the stench, Jesus leaves the head table and is willing to serve. It amazes me that some people can only serve when they have a position. It amazes me that some people can only serve when they have a title. It amazes me that some people can only serve when they are recognized, when they, when they are reverenced, when they are noticed, when they are the main attraction. Jesus says, I'm going to leave the head table. And I'm going to pour water into a basin and take a towel and I'm going to wash the disciples' feet. But not only, not only, not only do we see a, a fruitful exchange, but, but there's a faithful exposure. 
Peter who's bewildered, Peter who normally speaks for us, Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Uh, 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 I, I really don't think, Lord, that I'm going to allow you to wash my feet. Because I understand that you are sovereign. And I'm a sinner. I, I realize that you are the Lord and, and, and not a slave. Peter says, no, I can't allow you to wash my feet. But Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no parts with me. So Peter, who's an extremist, says, Lord, uh, not only my feet, wash my hand, wash my head, wash me all over. Peter, that's not necessary. Because you just need a little foot washer because you are clean already. Because, because your feet need to be washed because when you walk the dusty streets of Galilee, you walk the dusty streets of Jerusalem, and every now and again some dirt gets on our feet. See, once we leave the sanctuary, once we leave this, this, this lofty, um, beautiful building, we have to be a part of a sin-sick, secular society. And because we are in the world and not of the world, there are times when you and I get the dirt of the world on our feet. The dirt of gossip, the, the dirt of greed, the dirt of, of, of lust, the, the dirt of jealousy, the dirt of strife. Jesus says, I need to wash your feet. So he, cha- he exchanges his title for a tile. And, and, and the Bible says that He gives a final example. Because he didn't just wash John's feet, the disciple that he loved. Probably easy to wash John's feet because he's the one that put his head on the breast of Jesus. He washed all of the disciples' feet. He washed Peter's feet who would deny him. He washed Thomas' feet who doubted him. He washed Judas' feet who betrayed him. See, if you and I are going to exchange our title for a towel, we can't pick and choose who we're going to serve. No matter what color, no matter what creed, no matter what class, we must learn to serve selflessly. We must give up our lofty ideas and positions. And want to reach down to the very least of these. When we do that, we follow the example of Jesus. Because Jesus didn't have to serve. Jesus could have stayed in glory. Jesus could have uh, continued to receive the hosannas and the holy, holy, holies from the angels. But God was in need of a servant. So Jesus took off the royal diadem. He laid down the scepter of Judah. He took the rainbow off his shoulder. He allowed the Holy Spirit to compress him into the seed of a woman. And at the right time, at the nick of time, just in time, he burst into time. He didn't come to to save those who were not in need of saving. He came to save sinners like me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus exchanged his title for a title. I'm glad that Jesus, who is divinity, became dust. I'm glad that Jesus took off his divinity and put on humanity so that he could pay a price that I could never pay. If Jesus is able to serve us,
should not we be able to serve others? Exchange your title for a town.